right, well, I want to welcome all of our campuses to week two of our series entitled Unseen. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us. So excited to have you guys. I was very fired up last week as we kicked off this series. We're talking about how to demystify the spiritual realm. In other words, we're, we're understanding that you and I, whether we like it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not, we live in two realms. We live in a natural realm. We go to work, we eat, we sleep, we do all those things. But we also live and we're participating in a spiritual realm. As a matter of fact, the spiritual realm is more real than the natural. The Bible says that this natural realm is passing away. So the question is, do we understand what's going on around us? Do we have eyes to see and understand the things that are happening around us? Today I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about your authority in Christ over the works of darkness. I want to talk to you about what it means that you have authority. Can we say that word at the count of three, authority? One, two, three. Authority. That is a very important term for a believer in Jesus, that every single one of us in Christ, we have spiritual authority over the works of darkness. See, there is this... There's this concept. Let me give you three different analogies. The first concept, because we live in a, a world and a spiritual warfare around us. We, have a, we are in this contest, and there's these, what I would call, fallacies about what the battle is really about. Here's fallacy number one, that the devil's in one side of the ring, and God's in the other side of the ring, and the devil punches God. God kind of gets hit. He punches back the devil, and they're kind of a balanced match. Okay, that is a fallacy that's not true, and it's not biblical. Let me give you a second one. Here's a second fallacy. Here it is. You guys ready? The devil's in one side of the ring. We're in the other side of the ring. The, de the devil is highly advantaged over us. He usually wins. He usually gets the advantage. He usually hits us with an uppercut. He jabs us. And, and, and right at the end, before we die, you know, Jesus comes back and gets us. That's a fallacy, biblically. It's not in the Bible. There's some people that don't believe there's a spiritual warfare at all. They believe that this is folklore, fictitious. This is something out of some sort of a book or, or the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, and they deny the reality, the spirit world. I want to go to the Bible today and show you guys that there is a spiritual world, but I want to talk to you about how we can win. The Bible, when you open it up, you open up the New Testament, the Gospels. We see numerous encounters with Jesus encountering demonic spirits. We see it. Paul the Apostle dealing in the book of Acts with demonic spirits. We see it throughout church history and even today where people deal with demonic spirits and demon possession and casting out demons. This is not something that was uh, made in some sort of a, a middle-aged painting that somebody put on the wall. This is a biblical concept that there is a real devil and that believers historically, biblically, and throughout time have authority over the devil. And I tell you, the quicker that you and I understand that and exercise that authority, let me tell you, your life will change. You don't have to live scared of the devil. You don't have to live, listen, defeated by the enemy. You can live in authority. Now, I do want to quickly add, not because of your strength, but because of Christ's strength in you. Now, I want to say this. Part of the problem is, is that there's this caricature that the, the way the devil fights, 
God's people as, as he comes kind of in this, in this strong kind of a, um, an overwhelming, overarching way and just kind of shows up. I know this is a little bit silly, kind of like the devil with the, with the red cape and the pitchfork. That would be so wonderful if we identified him that clearly. But the truth is, when the enemy comes to buffet us and to fight us, it's often through the thought process. It's often through the mindset. Matter of fact, the number one strategy of the enemy, the number one weapon of the devil is to deceive people. And he attempts to deceive you through, through mindsets and through paradigms and to suggest thoughts. Paul talks about, here it is, Paul talks about the fiery what? Say it, darts of the wicked one. What are those? Those are satanic suggestions from hell. So the, 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 the warfare for not only believers but for people it's often in the realm of our thoughts. Now, the question, I want to start by answering a question that many have asked. Uh, where did Satan come from? Scripture teaches us that Satan wasn't always a bad guy. In fact, originally Satan was an archangel, one of God's bests. He was in heaven. He was a worship leader that many theologians would believe. He was called the morning star. What happened? So if Satan originally was an archangel... And he was in heaven as a, as, a, as a worshiper of God. What took place? The reality is, is that one day this archangel looked upon God. And jealousy, by the way, jealousy is a very dangerous emotion and a very dangerous spiritual force. Jealousy is not cool. One day the enemy looked at God and, and he became jealous of God. And the Bible actually says in Isaiah chapter 14, this is so interesting. I have those questions all the time. Pastor, you know, like where did the devil come from? I'm going to give you the scriptures right here. Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12. Here's what the Bible says. Remember this. Remember this. Five times in scripture we see Satan coveting God's position. Watch how this happens. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you, have, you are cut down to the ground. You who weakened the nations. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. How does the enemy affect the nations of the world? I'm going to talk about that. The Bible says how he has weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart. Here it is, number one. I will. Everyone say, I will. I heard a message one time talking about the, the five I wills of Satan. Listen to what he says. I will ascend into the heaven. Number two, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Number three, I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. Number four, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Number five, here it is. Oh, man, he goes for it. I will be like the most high. When the enemy said, I will be like the Most High God, oh, no, you won't. God says, nobody takes my place. In other words, God's not putting out job applications for anybody, including us, to take his job. He's very secure in his job. And when that happened, there was a crossing over. And when that happened, the scripture is very clear. Revelation chapter 12, I'm talking about the origin of Satan. Pastor, where did he come from? Yes, he is a created being. He's not on the level. We don't believe in what's called cosmic dualism. Where God and the devil are on the same level, how can the creator, God, be on the same level of the creation? Are you with me? That's called cosmic dualism. The devil hits God, God hits back the devil. No, we don't believe that at all. Matter of fact, the devil himself was a created being. All right? So what happened after he said this in his heart, Revelation chapter 12, I'm building a foundation 
of who Satan is and where he comes from. All right? Revelation 12, John said, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail. Nor was a place found for them in where? Say it, in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. Remember, remember what I said. The number one power of the enemy is the power of what? Deception. Remember, the strategy of the enemy is to deceive mankind, to suggest lies, and to try to, to introduce false philosophies and false ideologies and to get us to buy into to demonic mindsets, false man-centered mindsets, not God-honoring. The Bible says, Satan who deceives the whole world, he is cast to the what? Say it, the earth, and his angels were cast with us. God cast him out of heaven, and the Bible says a third of the angels. Now, many theologians believe that's where the demonic spirits come from, that they were in heaven, all right? The archangel Lucifer, he's cast down, a third of the angels come, and many theologians believe that's where the demonic spirits came from. Paul taught us last week in Ephesians chapter 6 that there's principalities and powers and spirits. So in, in a sense, there's a hierarchy in the dark world. And we learn from the Bible that a third of the angels cast out of heaven. In other words, they join into the rebellion with Lucifer. So we have to realize that there is a real devil and there's also real demon spirits. Now, I do want to qualify that not every bad thing that happens to us is demonic. I want everybody to say, we, we live in a fallen world. There's natural things. You, you can't have a bad hair day and say, that was demonic. No, that's you. Are y'all with me? Sometimes, you know, my son, he's demon-possessed. No, he's not. He's tired. He's three. He needs a nap. Are y'all with me? You fed him too much sugar. You've kept him out to 10 o'clock. He's tired. You remember, you were like that too. So, so I, I want to suggest to everybody and really show from, from the Scripture in, in, in the, that, that not everything bad I don't believe there's a demon behind every bush, but I will say this. I think that we've got to be aware there's probably more demonic activity that we would acknowledge. There's a balance in this. I want us to understand from a biblical perspective. The enemy is often blown out of proportion, but he's also undercommunicated as well. In other words, pastor, do you believe in the devil? I don't worship the devil, but I do believe that there is a devil Matter of fact, the devil himself believes in God, but he doesn't worship God. The Bible says that he even trembles. But we don't have to be scared of the devil. We don't have to be scared of demon spirits. We don't have to be scared of the, the dark world. The Bible says, last week, Paul the Apostle, remember the scripture in the book of Ephesians, very clear. Ephesians chapter what? Ephesians chapter 6, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to what? What's this word? Stand against the what? The wiles of the devil. That's the strategies. Now I want to say this again. I want every one of our campuses to understand me. The number one way the enemy tries to influence us is through mindsets. Satanic suggestions from the enemy. Paul calls them the fiery darts of the wicked one. And we see it all over culture. We see mindsets that don't glorify God. We see mindsets that are demonic. And so Paul says though that we can stand. Everybody say stand. Again, go back to Genesis chapter 3. We see the very first temptation in the garden. The devil is not a superior force. Remember, God did not make the devil. The picture of the devil in the garden was not of an elephant to step on Adam, but of a snake to deceive him. And I think that's a picture, by the way. The, 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 picture, the picture 
is a slithering snake. And I think this is important, by the way. A slithering snake. You, you know how snakes are, right? You're, matter of fact, I was running recently. And, uh, of course, I live in South Louisiana. And uh, same thing in South Mississippi. But, 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 but we've got, it's, it's, you can be running. And all of a sudden, uh, uh, there's a snake. And if whether it's venomous, and, of course, we know in South Louisiana how to identify based upon their head, right? So, but the point is, they don't stand up in the middle of a, uh, like, like an elephant and charge you. They're slick to attack. Just like the enemy tries to suggest thoughts. God doesn't really love you. He's not really for you. He doesn't care about you. You really can't trust God. Look at all these other people who said they trusted God. Nothing happened for them. Are you all with me? This is so important. We have to understand his strategies. The Bible calls them, there's the strategies of the enemy. So the power of deception. But Adam and Eve, listen, they gave over their authority. When God created Adam and Eve, he created them in his dominion. Everyone say dominion. His likeness, his image, his likeness and his dominion. His image, everyone say image. Say likeness and dominion. That was authority. God gave Adam and Eve, don't miss this. God gave Adam and Eve authority over the devil and put him in the garden. Watch this. Adam and Eve gave the keys of authority back to the devil. Oh, wow. We have authority in Christ over the works of darkness. Not in our own strength. Not in our carnal bravado, not because we have a high IQ or we have a medium IQ. It has nothing to do with your IQ, nothing to do with I'm a type A, what are you on the Enneagram? I don't know. Not about I'm an 8, I'm a 6, I'm a 5. Devil, I'm a 7. It doesn't matter. The issue is not, we don't defeat the devil by a personality profile test. It's by the name of Jesus and the power of the authority of Jesus Christ. All right, in Christ... Satan has zero power and authority over you. In Christ, everyone say in Christ. You've got to understand that. In Christ, Satan has zero. He is a defeated foe. His only warfare against you is to come at you with lies and deception. Our role is to expose and tear down his lies. Remember last week, I'll read it one more time. 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 10. Remember what Paul says, for though we walk in the flesh, we live. Here it is. Two worlds, natural world and spiritual world. We live in the fleshly natural world, right? We go to work, we eat, we sleep, we do all that. For though we live and walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. No, we don't. Look at verse 4. For the weapons, well, I'm going to talk about that today. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshly, but mighty in God for the pulling down to strongholds. The strongholds primarily are in our mind. I want to say this. The number one strategy of the enemy is to deceive you in your mind. Because if he can get you to believe a lie, then you'll begin to feel a lie. Then you'll begin to act on a lie. That's where a stronghold comes from. Look at verse 5. Verse 5 says that there's like casting down arguments. That's a mental framework. That's a verbal and mental thing. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing everyone, everyone say it, thought. Every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So these verses illustrate the power of our weapons. We have weapons. We have authority over the works of darkness. We've got to understand what the enemy's after. He's wanting to control your mind, to control your life, to control your actions. And by the way, collectively speaking, if we can do it with one person, then he can do it with a group of people, and then on and on and on. Which brings me to this point. Three ways the, deem, the, the, the devil 
wants to deceive us. Three ways the demons deceive. All right, here we go. Number one, this is interesting. I want every one of our campuses, South Shore, our Bat Rouge campus, Gulf Coast, online, all those that are joining us on Facebook and here at Little Creek, very important. Those that are in our prisons and jails, this is interesting. Three ways demons deceive. Number one, demons influence the leaders of nations. They influence, so if the enemy can influence your life by suggesting things in your mind, do you imagine what he can do to the nation that, that you have a, a powerful leader? Can you imagine what he can do to a whole group of people through influencing an individual in a leadership role? Very interesting. Demons, as they seek to influence many people, they target leaders of nations. Maybe you say, man, I was watching the news well, it's just amazing, man. I just saw these things in the Middle East, or I saw something in Africa. I saw something in different parts of the world. I began to think to myself, or I remember in a Western Civ class, or I remember in this history class, I remember learning about these different world leaders, and how could they do these things to the people that they lead? If you understand the Scripture, the Bible says in Daniel chapter 10, verse 13, in this chapter, Daniel prays for 21 days and nothing happens. Then the angel of the Lord comes to Daniel and says, Why? There was a prince, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, all right, came to help. Michael's an archangel, all right, came to help. We're talking about, this is a picture in the spiritual realm of a clash of angelic hosts and demonic powers. Daniel prayed, he lifted his voice to God. Remember what I said last week, your prayers are powerful? Don't ever underestimate your prayers. There's a prince of the kingdom of Persia, and there's a demonic force over the Middle East that Daniel was talking about in this particular time, and withstood me 21 days, and behold, Micah, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone uh, there with the kings of Persia. It's interesting. Daniel talks about there was this conflict. If you read the whole context, there was an evil prince, an evil spirit, who was doing battle in the spirit realm to influence the political direction of the entire nation. Behind the scenes in the world today, you can look on the news, you can see things. You think, my gosh, how can that happen? Here it is. That's not just natural. You're right, it's not. It's demonic. You read about things in the world, history. Think about some of the terrible events. Think about the Holocaust. Who influenced Adolf Hitler? That wasn't because he just had a tough childhood. It was because there was demon spirits he gave himself over to. And because of his leadership position, he was able to exterminate 6 million people. That's demonic. Remember how it works. The enemy wants to influence an individual. But if you can influence one individual, that influences a lot more people. I mean, this is, this is all in the Bible. All right, it's just amazing when you think about it. When you think about different things, the genocides in Rwanda, Darfur, Syria. Think about Syria, the guy killing his own people. Just think about what happens. Think about in China, Mao Zedong and, and, and Stalin and Russia. How, and millions of people. How does that happen? That's not normal. It's supernatural in the negative sense. It's beyond the natural realm. Does that make sense? Supernatural is not always just God's supernatural. It's also demonic. It's, super, it's beyond the natural realm. That's my point. So, so the enemy wants to influence nations by influencing. That's why the Bible says, that's why Paul told Timothy, pray for those in our authority so that we may live in peace. That's why we need to pray for our president. We need to pray for our governor, our, our, the different county or parish presidents and the different leaders. Why? We, we need to pray. Why? Because it's important. We want to hold up their arms in prayer because there's a warfare around them because they affect people. Number two, 
Demons scheme to lure you and I away from God. They study you. They know your weaknesses. They know my weaknesses. Pastor, I had a guy ask one time, Pastor, can the devil read our minds? No, I don't believe he can. But what he can do is suggest thoughts and then evaluate our behavior. Does that make sense? So he knows that it's getting through based upon him suggesting a thought and then getting to see how you behaved after that thought. That's why Paul says, casting down. We want to tear those thoughts down in the power of Jesus Christ. He wants to lure us away from God. They study us. They know our weaknesses. They know that we'll do, that they will do, by the way, demon spirits will do anything they can to lure us away from a vibrant relationship with Jesus. Why? Because the devil hates God. He's jealous of God. Go back to the beginning. What happened there? I will be like you. I can be God. I can take your place. I mean, you know, when number two tries to be number one, it's not good. He thought he could actually be God. God cast him down. Now what he wants to do? You know what he wants to do? He wants to try to take it out on God's kids. Does that make sense? And if he can do that, he knows he can't get at God so he can get at his kids. You know that if you're a parent, how, how many parents out there? Anybody? Parents, you know, listen, if you can't strike the parent, you strike the kids of the parents. And that's what he's trying to do. We've got to be wise. Paul talks about being sober, being wise. Peter talks about being sober, being wise. Demons use anything possible to try to lure us away from God and His truth. Here's how it's described in Scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Paul writes to Timothy, who was a son in the faith, and he talks about, he talks about the, the spirit in the latter times. By the way, the latter times began at the day of Pentecost. The last days began at the day of Pentecost, and it will consummate at the return of Christ. We're living in this Scripture right now, all right? I actually believe we're at the, the last of the last. Today, I don't know. I'm going to live like Jesus has come back today, but it may be 100 years or 1,000 years, but I'm ready. You guys ready? But the, this is what Paul said. He says, the Spirit clearly says that in the latter times, some will abandon the faith. How? By following deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Now, don't you think about that just for a moment. So there are some that are going to abandon the faith. How? By, by heeding doctrines of demons. We see a lot of this today. You make a decision to read the Bible. I mean, you make a decision. You hear a message by Pastor Steve, one of, the, one of the different pastors in the church, you know, or one of the guest teachers, and they talk about spending time with God and being keyed into God. And, man, you get fired up about it. And, and you know all hell busts out the next morning when you go to have your devotional life. Why? Because he wants to get your nose out of this book. He wants to get your nose out. All of a sudden, the sleepies come on you. Are you kidding me? You're a morning person. All of a sudden, you can't get up in the morning? Paul also talks about doctrines of demons. The word doctrine meaning teaching. I believe there's, there, are, there are lying doctrines of demons that are in the earth today. For instance, all roads lead to God. That's a doctrine of demon. That's called, that's called universalism. Jesus said it this way. Jesus says, no man, everyone say no man, comes to the Father but through him. So a doctrine of demon is there's all roads lead to God. As long as you're going to God, no, 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 that's not true. That's error according to the Bible. Here's another one. Everyone's going to be saved in the end. That's a doctrine of devils called ultimate reconciliation. There's a teaching out there that actually says the devil himself is going to get saved at the end. That's called a doctrine of demons. That's not in the Bible. Here's another doctrine of demons. Jesus was a good man, but he wasn't God. It's, it's challenging the divinity of Christ. He was a good man. Well, no, he was more than that. He was 100% God, 100% man, a doctrine, a demon. So there's teachings out there that don't line up with Scripture. Paul says in the last days, people will take heed towards us. All right, let me give you another. I know this is heavy, but this is important. We need to be equipped and aware. Number three, demons seek to paralyze people through fear. 
Look, let me tell you something. Deception and fear. He tries to deceive, but what he's really after, he tries to dis- watch this. I want everybody to hear what I'm about to say. He tries to deceive you in the mind to capture you in the emotion through fear. So he deceives with the mind to paint a picture of impending judgment, fear, hurt, to try to disadvantage you in your mindset to get you to feel fear. Why? Because the emotion of fear is a powerful fear that will cause you to recoil and step back. All right? But anytime you feel fear, that's not from God. In the sense of there's the fear of the Lord to respect God, but this fear, I don't know what's going to happen to me. I don't know what's going to happen to my life. I don't know what's going to happen to coulda, woulda, shoulda. You get all hooked up in all this different thing. There is actually, this is, I, I know I'm going to say something. I'm going to push you guys a little bit. There is actually, I believe, demonic spirits of fear. Matter of fact, pastor, we don't want to know what you think. What does the Bible teach? The Bible teaches that. The Bible teaches that. But you don't have to give in to that. Here's what Paul says. For God, here it is, First Timothy. For God has not given us a what? A Spirit, Greek word, pneuma, a spirit of what? Fear. Not a, he's not talking about a mindset. He's talking about a spirit of fear. God's not giving you that spirit of fear. God puts courage in your heart, not fear. But a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. All right, how do we pass to fight against the works of darkness? I'm going to give you three things and then we'll close, all right? We can fight and we can win against works of darkness. Let me give you three things. Number one. Stay with me. Everybody stay with me. Number one, we never treat our enemy lightly. I don't like, I don't like when you have Christian t-shirts and different things about the devil's a, you know, he's stupid, he's an idiot, and and we we can almost minimize it. We never want to make him more than he is, but at the same time, we have to understand that he is a real threat. So I don't like all of that. I don't think it's biblical. Listen, the Bible says we should be sober. That doesn't mean, that, doesn't mean that we should be scared. But it also doesn't mean that, that we should be sarcastic about the devil either. Are you with me? There's a balance in that. Matter of fact, there was a group of people that were uh, taking the enemy lightly called the seven sons of Sceva in the New Testament, if you guys remember that. They came up and they said, uh, yeah. And there was some demon spirit. There were some demon-possessed people. And... Uh, these Jewish itinerant exorcists, right? They came up, they tried to catch, and they said, um, well, let me read it to you. Acts chapter 19. This is really an interesting story. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preached. In other words, we don't know Jesus, but we're, we're using the name of Jesus that that guy knows. I mean, you know, we need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did that, did this as well. Look at the next verse. And an evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? Wow. Look at this next verse. Verse 16. Then the man in whom... The evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevented against them, uh, prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Why is that? Why did that happen? I'll tell you why. Because they didn't know Jesus. We're not stronger than the devil in our own strength. We have authority over the devil in Christ. You need to know that. It's in, if I say in Christ. It's not about us. It's about who Christ is in us. These guys thought it was just, well, I'll just use that name. Oh, yeah, that guy Paul, yeah, he kind of cast out devils in, in 
And the Jesus that guy talks about, no, they didn't know who, they weren't in Christ. The issue is, do you know Jesus? Are you a Christian? The Bible says, greater is he that's in us, Christ in us, than the devil that's in the world. These seven men thought that they could cast out demons in the name of Jesus, yet they didn't know Jesus. Number two, I'm getting, this is some sober teaching because I want to set up. So number one, we got to know Christ personally. And I don't want us to take, we don't want to overblow who the enemy is and be scared. We need to be sober. At the same time, we don't need to treat it lightly and just make it silly and goofy because he is a real threat. All right, let me give you the second one. I'm re, I want everybody to pay attention. This is very important what I'm about to say, all right? We don't flirt with darkness. Now let me tell you what I mean by that. We don't play around with darkness. I'm going to read what I wrote. We never, ever flirt around with the things of darkness. The goal in Christianity is not to get as close to evil without being affected by it. No, no. It should be, let's get as far away from it as we can. Well, pastor, you just know, you know, we live in, you know, kind of the south, and particularly our campuses in the greater New Orleans area. I know we got Baton Rouge and Gulf Coast, and, and, you know, we were in the French Quarter, and, you know, there's little people, you know, they look at your hands, and that's kind of cool, and no, 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 not according to the Bible. We don't even flirt with the stuff that the Bible says. You open yourself up to demon spirits. Listen to what I wrote down. For example, you may say, well, as a kid, I played with seances. I lit candles to evil spirits, pastor. You know, it was kind of fun as kids. We did Ouija boards. The scripture teaches us that we should never entertain or have anything to do with the forces of darkness. We don't mess around with seances. We don't consult mediums. We don't play tarot cards. We don't look at horoscopes. I'm not going to look in some stupid paper and let somebody put something in my mind to suggest what my future is. I'm going to look to the Bible and let God to find my destiny, not somebody on some horoscope. Don't open yourself up to that spirit. I'm a Sagittarius. I'm a this. I'm a that. No, I'm a Christian. Don't mess with that stuff. Oh, Steve, you're going too far. No, I'm telling you what the Bible says. Deuteronomy chapter 18, look what the Bible says. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination, that's the witchcraft, all right? Or sorcery interprets omens, all right, or engages in witchcraft. Don't let anybody do that. Look at the next verse, verse 11. Or cast spells. Well, you don't understand. You know, it's part of our culture. Yeah, it's a dark part of our culture that we shouldn't participate in. Or who is a medium or a spiritist or consults to that. Look at verse 12. Anyone who does these things, listen, is detest this is detestable to the Lord. Not cool at all. I've been, I, I've been involved. Uh, I've been a Christian 30 years. I've been involved since I'm 19 years old, walking with Jesus. And I've seen demon spirits manifesting in people in this country and other countries. But I'll, I want to go back probably year two of me being a Christian. I was 20, maybe 21. And there was a girl. It was a Wednesday night. We got a call. I was part of a church in Metairie. And there was a girl who was, who was manifesting demons. And me and one of the pastors was called to go. And I don't know why they called me. I was like the little junior, junior, junior guy, you know. And, uh, and I remember we went down to New Orleans. And this girl was, it was just like you would see on The Exorcist. Eyes flipped back in the head, a deep man's voice 
three people holding this girl. It was, it was demons. It was, it was, she was possessed. By the way, there's levels of oppression where you're oppressed in your mind. I want everybody to hear what I'm about to say. You can be oppressed in your mind. Oppression, but if you give yourself to demons, then it can move from oppression to possession. Does that make sense? And so there's a difference. A lot. People can be oppressed. That's not possessed. But you can be possessed by demon spirits. This girl was possessed. And I remember, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is like the real deal. The voice, the whole thing, new things about the other guy's life that I was with. He was trying to cast out the devil. And she goes, I know where you were. And to the whole thing last week, and I'm just like, oh, this is like real stuff, man. Like, and finally, we cast the demon out of this girl. I'm not saying that. That's, look, let me tell you, that's nothing about me at all. But we just, I'm like, I'm going to do it just like they taught us to do it. And we just, in the name of Jesus, come out, come out. And the little girl was, and i got a point here. She was, at the end, she was a, a man's voice at the very end. It popped out, and her, vo- and her voice was like a little girl, horse. And we found out later where, what happened to her. There was some hurt. There was a lot of abuse. There was a lot of stuff. But here's the point. She invited that demon spirit in through Ouija boards. I want to just tell you, if you have that stuff in your house, throw it away, burn it, do a bonfire like the book of Acts if you, in a, you know, live in the country or whatever. And uh, I'm telling you, don't play with, entertain, talk about, bring your relatives in, go to Madame Lavoux's thing. It's demonic. The Bible says God detests it. Stay away from it. We're children of light, not children of darkness. Are you all with me? Number three, here it is, last point. I'm excited. Y'all getting fired up? Are y'all fired up or not? Yes. We're we're excited about this. Here we go. Number three. I'm going to end similar to how I ended last week because I want to equip you with the Bible. Here it is. We don't fight with our power but with Christ's authority. Now, I want everybody to understand this. There is a difference between power. By the way, three, three Greek words, kratos, dunamis, and exousia, authority. We don't fight in our own power or by our own strength, but we fight by the authority of Jesus Christ. This is important that you understand this. This picture, this image in your mind. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. And when he, Jesus, had called his 12 disciples to them, he gave them power. The Greek word for power there is not dunamis, it's exousia. It means authority. Everybody say that word. Say it authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. There is a big difference between power and authority. What is the difference? All right. Power is related, don't miss this, related to strength. Authority is the right to use that strength. See the difference? Let, Let me give you an example. A, pol- a policeman or a police person, all right, whether a local municipality a, uh, or, or a state police, Louisiana, Mississippi, they can be on a highway, all right, and if they're looking at an oncoming semi-truck, do they have the power to stop that truck in their own strength standing in the middle of a highway, yes or no? This is not a trick question, yes or no? Okay. But now all of a sudden, if they have a flashlight or if they're doing like this and that trucker sees 
that badge, that they're invested with not power, but with what? What's the other word? Authority. The state of Louisiana, the state of Mississippi, whatever state, whatever it is, whether it's a parish, a county, are y'all with me? All of a sudden, you, you can have you can have a five foot police person, all right, a uh, hundred pounds sticking their thumb out and that, and that trucker better stop or sticking their finger out like this because they're not stopping them based upon, watch this, their power, but the authority invested in that position, in that role, in that badge right there. Let me tell you something. You don't stop the devil because you scream, because you feel strong, because you work out, because you do whatever. You stop in the authority authority of the blood of Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus Christ, and by the power of Christ himself. It's his authority. That's why when you pray, that's why when you pray, James says it this way, submit to God. I'll, I'll close with this scripture. I love this scripture, James chapter 4, verse 7. Here's what he says, therefore submit to God. Submit to God. I love Christ. I'm a Christian. I belong to God. My life has been given to God. Submit to God. Now, resist. Everyone say resist. And that's what we need to do. We need to walk around our house. Devil, take your hands off my kids. Take your hands off God's money that he's in trouble. Take your hands off my mind. Take your hands off my family. Take your hands off my future. You have no authority. Resist. Resist the devil. And he will. <clears throat> not he might. Not probably. He will. He will do what? He will what? Say that. Flee from you. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. How do we fight? We fight with the truth of God's word. We fight by faith. We fight by the sword of the spirit. Let me give you the number one way to fight. We fight by this word. Faith in this word and the sword of the spirit. We fight the way Jesus fought the devil in the wilderness. We speak the word. We stand against the devil. We stand against the works of darkness. We don't flirt with darkness. We renew our mind to the word of God. We stand in faith upon the infallible word of God. And we speak the authority of God's word and the authority of Christ over our mind and the authority of Christ over our life. And I'm telling you, the devil will flee. We're in a battle, but we've been equipped and we win. Not because of our strength, but because of the power of Christ in us. Come on, y'all receive that word? Let me pray for you. I'm going to ask our campus pastors to come on stage right now. And I'm going to give the, the service back to you guys at all the different campuses. And let me just pray right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and our lives. Teach us what it means to walk in the authority of Jesus Christ. We can win in the spirit realm and over the works of darkness because of that power. The power of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen.